This is MPN. And we're back. No, we're not. We're here. We're here. No, we're not back, but we're here. No, we're here. Hello. Here we're yeah. Is so what it is. Here's a question for you guys. Okay. Um, Matt Melton and I, myself being Jimmy Bowman, we are the hosts of That Baseball Show, uh, Twitter handle at that, base, at that BB Show. Uh, what was that again? Get the Twitter handle right. Yeah, Twitter handle at That BB Show. That BB Show. Yeah, it's in baseball. Okay. Right. And you are? I'm Ryan McCarran of McCarran Podcast Network. Without a Twitter, I'm not on Twitter. I'm like Jason Manzukis. Yeah, Jason Manzukis is not on Twitter. Not on Twitter. Huh. Hashtag Jason Manzukis. Why would he be such a good Twitter follow? Right? He, he, I'm not on Twitter either, but I'm also not Jason Manzukis. And you'd, yeah. you'd be a garbage Twitter follow, man. i got to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, it'd be mostly pictures of shoes, I'll be honest. Yeah. Your, your I don't sh- like shoes that much. Your shoes pictures. as you're walking. Like, here I am at no. Disneyland, and it's just it's a it's slab of cement. Just a gif of you and different It'll be basically Jordans. accidental, like, pocket tweets. Like, pictures I didn't mean to take. <laughs> you and Peter Gammons. <laughs> but, so, we need a name, then. If it's the Because best... we have two shows coming together. Yeah. Yes. And, and like, you know, Benifer, Ben Affleck. Jennifer Garner Lopez. Lopez. Pick your gen. Topical there. That's real good. Yeah. Or or Brangelina. Movies coming out with him soon. I want I hope it's good. Or or Kim Ye, which is Kanye and Kim Kardashian. If you want more timely. I don't like that. I don't like that. So what is ours? Are we are we that baseball McCarran? That McCarran. Real bad. That McCarball podcast. Nope. That sounds that's that's worse. I could make it really. Just sort of selfish, and just make it McCarran Baseball Show. I could just replace the that with my name, and but it's not. That's not what that is. This yeah, is, this is a group effort. Yeah, we are all together. It's too. See, that's just it. Like when when Reggie Against the Machine joined up with Chris Cornell, they didn't call it Chris Against the Machine. Oh, they should. They really should have. They really should have. <laughs> Get Chris I mean, Cornell on, on the phone. Saying it out loud, that would have been way better than Audio Slaves. Rage but... Against the Chris even could work too. Yeah, frankly. Sound Against the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Running down your family with a pocket full of black hole sun. Yes. <laughs> killing in the name of... Pretty Noose? That's the only other oh. Soundgarden song I know. <laughs> really? I would say Killing in the Name of Rusty right. Cage. Oh, or... okay. Well, Spoon Man, I guess. Killing in the Two. Name of Spoon Man. Like... Yeah, yeah. They do oh, that talk. one's way better. The Ghost of Tom Spoon Man. So, is that, are we in agreement then? Are we the audio slave of podcasts? And is that good? I think we are. We're the audio slave? Okay. I think it's two great things coming together and making an even better thing. Oh, okay. okay. That's what it, that, that 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 I think. And when you think about two just iconic bands, yeah. coming together to make an even more iconic band, the first name you come up with is like Soundgarden for sure. Is Ringo Starr on the All Stars? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep, I'm right there with you. I, I tend to think of us more can as we like. Fight over? Can I call him not being Ringo Starr? Is that okay? Can I call? Can I call dibs on anybody but Ringo Starr? Do you know anybody else in Ringo Starr in the All-Stars who's not Ringo Starr? If you do, and I can't verify that you're not looking this up on the internet right now, you can not be Ringo Starr. But you have to tell me right now. Three, two, one. Uh, I was I was just going to ask Cortana, but I haven't figured out how to work Windows 10 yet. So no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a single soul that is an All-Star in the All-Star band. I'm starting to think maybe they're not actually All-Stars. Okay, actually, here's a better comparison, guys. Okay. It's We Are the Traveling Wilburys. Clearly, Ooh. I'm Bob Dylan and George Harrison. Ryan is Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. And Matt, you're Jeff Lynne. Why are you going to be both two people that are people that people know? I don't know who that is. Because you're Jeff Lynne. We're working backwards. But you're also you're you you are honestly just a box that is saying things right now. You 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 could be Cortana right now. I have no idea. 
Just to, just to, so to clarify what Ryan is talking about, folks. Uh, Ryan and me are in the same room, yeah. and Matt is now he's the one in an entirely different state. The tables have turned. It's very different than what you're used to. Okay, guys. Finally, I fi- figured out. We okay. are not. We're not. We're not a super group. We're not a band. We're not. We're just two podcasts coming together. Yeah. We are. We are synthesis in the same way that Scooby Doo and the Globetrotters would solve mysteries together. That is what we are doing. <laughs> yeah, but because the, the Globetrotters were kind of like mashup whores, who's going to be the? Because they, they everybody had a Globetrotters episode of the '60s. Everybody did. Yeah, like Kiss. Didn't they? Didn't they do like? Oh no, that was Scooby Doo and Kiss. I yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah, okay. Scooby Doo did with one. So Kiss. maybe Scooby Doo's the whore. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, Scooby Doo was with everything. They were with Batman and Robin. They did a thing where they were with ghosts who were the Three Stooges. What I'm saying is, we're guys. It's don't worry about the the, the technical things of it. We're all good Scooby Doo episodes where they have guest stars in it for some reason. Good I'll be Mama Cass. No, Matt, you're really cool with that. I'm gonna. I call Mama Cass. You're Scrappy Doo, Matt. How dare you! <laughs> Hello, Mama everyone. Cass over. Hello, welcome to. Oh my goodness. That baseball McCarran podcast. Okay, that's I'm it. Matt Melton. I'm Jimmy Bowman, and I'm Ryan McCarran. And thanks for being with yeah. us. And yeah, thank you so much. We're here to, among other things, discuss, debate, and double down on your podcast host enjoyment. There's so not, now you do your thing. There's not three. Uh, uh, well, thanks for <laughs> thanks. I'm clearly not as seasoned as you guys are. As as I need to, I need to do more of these things. Um, but we're definitely going to give you all the analysis that you can handle and some of the nonsense that you want to handle as yes well. we are taking the better parts of the highly analytical sabermetrically uh inclined pertained yeah. uh yeah. mccarran podcast mixed with the utter gibberish spewing forth from that baseball show we're gonna find a happy middle it's basically like lava and water trying to coexist <laughs> it's like uh advanced stats and also butt jokes i like it yeah, I think we I can think, do it. I think you just described uh, High Heat with Chris Mad Dog Russo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let me tell you what. One thing here you're going to have to see. You're going to take the Baltimore Orioles to finish in last place in the Aries. Oh, God. <laughs> that was good. That was actually not bad. <laughs> well, you might, you might out there in podcast listener land wonder why are we doing this special occasion podcast, and it's because we're doing a season preview. <gasps> Of the baseball season. We're almost what? there, guys. Baseball's almost going to happen. Oh, my god! We're talking about baseball again? Yeah. That's crazy. And even though I just want to bask in the glow of a Denver Broncos Super Bowl win and then just watch the Spurs and the Golden State Warriors fight in the NBA playoffs, we have to talk about baseball because that's what the show's uh, about. Fine. Yeah. I guess so. Oh, wait. Hold on, Jimmy. I want to update you. Four people have stopped listening since we started talking about baseball. Oh, damn. Way, sorry. Sorry to, sorry to be the... the stock market plunge in real time. And, and there goes the listenership line. And it's there old, it goes. Old, oh, no. Do they yeah. want me to talk about Daniel Bryan again? That might bring him back. <laughs> oh, they're back. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, our job today is we have decided we're going to come together, uh, making everything taste all sweetly, and we're going to be choosing uh, three locks for gambling purposes of over-unders that we think are, are 100% going to work. And if you want to take our gambling advice, don't take our gambling advice. We have nothing. Don't do it. Yeah. We're going to offer, hopefully, a preview, but we don't have anything worthwhile to say. We do not get paid for this, and so we put exactly that amount of work into all of this, yes. really. So... Can I tell you guys, this this is a fun thing for the two of you. Uh, the, so the last time we were in Vegas for 
uh, our fantasy football draft, I placed a couple of sports bets, and one of them paid off. And I just recently, like I literally yesterday, deposited my check from MGM Resorts International in the amount of sixteen dollars and twenty five cents. Wow! Well done, Congratulations. Matt. What was that bet? Uh, I made a lot of bad ones. Like I did almost an opposite parlay where they were all the wrong like i, I wish i'd have gone the other way on it I <laughs> the think anti-parlay it was, it was minnesota i bet i took the over on minnesota yeah that's when you did paid off they were still doing over-unders in august oh yeah yeah they're, oh wow it was before the season started so, they, yeah, so it, was right, it was right in the middle of preseason so it was actually i mean no one knew a damn thing so they were all over the map but well by that i mean they were all pretty much eight and a half games oh you're talking they, about the you're talking about okay over under and I picked all wrong. I thought I thought you were talking about the Minnesota Twins and that's why I was wondering why <laughs> oh, no, What yeah. number were you talking eight and a half wins? I mean, you for know the, for the twins? For the, yeah, okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll get to it. I did place that bet on the Philadelphia Phillies though. For eight and a half wins for this year. I took the under off. You took the under. Good. I was going to say. Oh, you, yeah. you, you, That's a stone lock. You don't want to be throwing your money away on and this. And here come the batteries. <laughs> so... The numbers Why that we clear the snow out or be pelted with snowballs. It's March. What's happening? Starting at second base, Santa Claus. Oh, and the boo boos are out. Oh, great. <laughs> so the numbers we got for these came from Bovada.lv, which mm-hmm. is a place I guess you can legally gamble if you wanted to. I don't really know. Um, so weird, aren't they? Yeah, but for our purposes, they're just going to, for entertainment purposes only, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Wink. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Um, so we each picked one team or three teams, I should say, that we think are going to go either over or under that you can lock up and put in a vault and never hear from again because they're probably all going to do the opposite of what we wanted. Um, but that's why you're listening to this show for the wonderful analysis that that, that is, is going to come with it. So mm-hmm. um, and then at the end of it, uh, I think we'll uh, try to run down our um, one through five in each division. Uh, because that's always a lot of fun to try and predict as well. So, um, I guess without any further ado, Jimmy, why don't you start us off? Well, I have to I have to give a shout out. Oh um, yes, there is a request I have from uh, one of our wonderful followers at a Twitter handle at that BB Show, uh, Ben Cook uh, at the Real Stig Four requested that we do a preview show like this. So this is out for you, Ben. He also requested that I pick the Blue Jays to go 162 and 0 and win the World Series. So, first lock, Blue Jays 162-0, winning the World Series. I, You know what? I am nothing if not a slave to our fans, so thank you, listeners. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ben Cook. That is horrible fan service, and I <laughs> approve. Okay, my actual real pick. I'm so sorry, Ben. Um, the first pick that stands out to me, and I've been doing this kind of cross-referencing the uh, Picada projections of what they think is going to happen versus where the... Uh, where the lines are. And the first one that stands out as a really interesting projection versus what the line says is the Tampa Bay Rays. So they're projected by uh, Baseball Prospectus to finish 91-71, and 71, and yet their over-under stands at... 81.5. 81.5. So that's a... Wow. Ten, yeah. So the advanced statistics are expecting actually a potential 10-game over from what they're projected by Vegas. That seems pretty appetizing to me. And... When you start digging into it a little bit weird, like a little bit deeper, Tampa Bay Rays seem like a weird team to pick, but they've got a lot of things going for them, and they're just one of those cool Swiss Army Knife teams where basically what they did last year is they just would platoon so many different positions 
based on the pitcher they're facing. So if it's a lefty, Logan Forsyth would be j- thrown out there. Um, or they'd swap between like Kevin Kiermeyer or Mike Matuk or Brandon Geyer, depending on who's out there. Uh, so they have a bunch of players who can be platooned in many like favorable situations. And then they also have a killer starting lineup that no one's going to be talking about. You have Chris Archer, who's awesome. Rotation, you mean? Yeah, sorry, okay, rotation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, okay. thank you, rotation. Uh, Chris Archer, who's awesome. And then Alex Cobb, Drew Smiley, Jake Odorizzi, all guys who could easily take step forward in the way that raised pitchers tend to. They just have a favorable ballpark, and they just have a good pitching system where it's always lots of no-name guys being more valuable than you expect. So if their 81 is the over-under, I'm picking the over on the raise, mark that down as the first Bowman stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Stone locked. Done. We need we need fireworks going off in the background Each every time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Can I get a hype man in the background for it? I think yes. We'll we'll have Ryan's wife do a, her flavor flave impression. <laughs> it's delightful. I don't think I've heard that. She does not have one. She does not have oh, one. No. And I was she... really excited for a half second. I and... thought maybe. There's an off chance. She just had a super great flavor flavor impression in her back pocket. Well, I'm going to ask both of you. I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Not a trivia question, but just a, a guessing game. Um, who do you think was pretty much last in the American League in offense last year? In the American League? In the American League, yeah. I'm going to guess the Chicago White Sox. Mariners. Jimmy? Mariners. The answer, Matt, you're correct. It's the Chicago White Sox. Oh, hey! Hey, all right. They were, Thanks, Cortana. They, no, were, they were last in runs, last in on base, last in slugging, and obviously in OPS. And all of that is with a transcendent start, first base, hitting 30 home runs and knocking in 100 runs. So even with all of that, they still finish last in most offensive categories. And I was telling Jimmy about this earlier, is that I don't really watch a lot of American League baseball, admittedly. My favorite team is in the National League, and I'm going to spend most of my time following that. And so when I go to do research on this stuff, I will look at some of these teams and some of these statistics, and I'm just like, oh my god, where did this guy come from? And one part, because their over-under is 80 and a half, and I'm going to take the over on that one. They're in a really tough division, but I think that they um, they took a lot of steps, especially offensively, to improve the team. And their pitching is actually really good. Their bullpen is a little shaky, which is why I'm maybe only predicting 81 and 81 or 82 and 80, which is still over. Yeah, which is still, still over. Still an over. I mean, Chris Sale is... I mean, a perennial Cy Young guy. But then the one guy in there was like, Carlos Quintana. I was like, who is this guy? Jose Quintana? Jose Quintana. Yeah, Carlos me. Rodon. Carlos Rodon and then Jose Quintana. Yeah. And I'm just looking at his advanced stats and I'm looking at his wins above replacement. And he's been worth like three or four wins. And I had rarely even heard of him. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's their number two starter. And Rodon is supposed to be the this young phenom so that gives them a pretty good one through three i mean they traded for brett lowry who's had good seasons in the past albeit marred by injury and oh by the way todd frazier todd frazier america uh, nationally guy going to the american league and so that offense i think is going to have more pop abreu's still going to be good they've got lowry they've got frazier up the middle um, they like this kid, Tyler Saladino, but they also brought in Jimmy Rollins to kind of bring him along a little bit. Rollins is on a cheap deal. I think that he could probably, you know, hit like 240 limited time, maybe give you, you know, five to 10 home runs, but he can still run. He can still make some stuff happen defensively and on the base path. So 
I like the White Sox over 80 and a half. Lock it up. Yeah, rubber Ooh. stamp. Can I just, can no, I no, use no, your no, stamp? No, no, no. Yeah, here you can borrow my stamp. Oh, thanks. Hold on. <laughs> Stamped it. <laughs> You've been McCarran. <laughs> yeah. I All right, did. Matt. It's on you now. What you got, Matt? Cool. Uh, I, I. You know what? I'm going to take an under as a lock for this one. So uh, negative. And this one might surprise a lot of you, considering that according to. Fan graphs, they are projected to finish the season with the third highest overall win percentage. Currently sitting at an 89.5 win spread over under. I'm going to take under 89.5 wins for the New York Baseball Mets. Oh, you took one of mine. That was exactly Ah. what I was You monster. Did you take the under too? Yeah, I was going to go under the Mets Oh, wow. Okay, well you guys can talk and hash it out. I'll I'll follow it up with some logic. Okay, what's your reason, Matt? I'm glad one of us has logic because really I'm kind of just going with my gut. It just it feels like to me Thor's coming along and and the rotation's not going to be terrible, but it just just feels to be like a 2014 Red Sox season for the Mets. Like there's going to be a huge. Only oh, they didn't even get a win. You know they lost in the World Series, and I just I think a lot of things had to break right for the Mets to get where they were at last year. And I don't see, like, same with the 2013 Red Sox. I, everybody take a shot, because I mentioned the 2013 Red Sox. We'll make this a drinking game. But I don't think... <laughs> oh, Matt, you don't know. You don't know what... <laughs> if we're taking shots when we mention World Series winning teams, it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I suppose so. I mean, specifically the 2013 Red Sox. I invoke okay. them quite a bit, right. as our listeners will know, and yours will figure out. But I don't, you know what, you know, like, the 2013 Red Sox had so many things... Like, literally everything had to break right. And I think if any number of little things break bad for the Mets, it's going to be a real rough season for them. So, also considering, you know, that you've got the Nats to worry about uh, in division, who I think are going to be... Everyone says it. I feel like we've got to see the year where they make the leap soon, and it may as well be this year. I just don't see them repeating. I mean, they might get close, but I think I'm going to take the under on them. I, I guess it ties in. The reason I'm taking the under them because it's actually I'm going to be also taking the over on the Washington Nationals, the post-hype sleeper, as I call them. Interesting. Yeah. Here's the reason why I, I'm guessing, and the way I figure it is if the Mets sink a little lower than we expect, the only beneficiary in that division is going to be the Nationals. Because if you think about it, that's a division that has just two punching bags. Just two, like, yeah. little, like, globules of mucus. Tribbles. And, they're yeah. tribbles of baseball teams. The that's tribbles what they of are. baseball teams. <laughs> the problem is you can have troubles with tribbles. Like, you these can. are, like, dead tribbles. Let's do, you have, yeah, let's say, will you really have trouble with these tribbles? Yeah. I somehow doubt it. No, not I the, doubt these tribbles no. will give you any trouble. The Braves and Phillies are who I'm talking about. And I think the Marlins are going to just do Marlins stuff where they blow any, like, momentum they get because that's just what Jeffrey Laurie likes to do. Yeah. Le- and Don Mattingly, for that matter. Oh, we yeah. watched him do that for, like, five years in L.A. Yeah, if they're, if they're winning games but not the right way, Loria will shut it down and Mattingly will force everyone to grow mustaches because he's confused. Uh, yeah, what is with that, by the way? <laughs> it's just, it's- I, I don't understand. I mean, he Don Mattingly made his presence known. He, he is almost as famous for his mustache. Yeah. As he is for his play on the field. Like, granted, he played in an era maybe before we were watching baseball, before we could really understand. But you watch it now, you on ESPN Classic or something, you see old photos, and it's like, it's kind of killer stash. Yeah. And he spends 
three years in you know as a Yankees coach under Joe Torre, and all of a sudden it's like, oh nope, no mustaches for anyone. What does it matter? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. Yeah, I'll never understand why baseball has to have any rules about what facial hair works and what doesn't. And, and if you, and, and he was so defined by the mustache. I guarantee you, his mustache had a higher on-base percentage than he did. Like that was a high, <laughs> that was a high contact rate mustache. Yeah. Like not a lot of Low power. Bip. Yeah, not a lot of power behind that mustache. But man, he could take a walk. <laughs> but okay, so like you've got three teams who are going to be the pits, and then it's going to be two teams battling it out. And the problem with the Mets, at least for me, is that a lot of their success was predicated on surprising breakout seasons, all from people who are extremely talented. But this is a team that, if they have regression to the mean from Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and Bartolo Colon, who pitched a lot better than that man should be at that age, they're not going to be, to my mind, able to withstand it as much. They're riding high off the expectations, but they just strike me as a team that's not going to be very malleable or or very anti-fragile. I feel like if things go wrong, it's going to be very tough for them to catch up. And you look look at the, the lineup, I mean, you got David Wright, but he's... Big injury risk, as he'll always be. Curtis Granderson's on, getting older and older, and he's starting to show that wear and tear. Jonas Suspedes will be fun and hot at different moments throughout the season, and he'll drive <laughs> cool cars and buy pigs at fairs and ride a horse <laughs> to the stadium. Jonas Suspedes is having a good off season with his money, folks. Yeah, uh, that man wins the hot stove. I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. Like his money's gone already. He yeah. spent it on the Batman Batmobile. The car dealership. Yeah, that was, and also the horse ranch. Where do you buy horses anymore? In New the York. Horse dealership? Where are you, where are you going to keep them? Like, where does he... They did good. I think an Amazon drone bought it to his house. <laughs> like, like 20 Amazon drones yeah, holding just, a horse. Meh, it just sounds well, like you a, really got to stick that release point. You really... Yeah. There's no room for error on dropping <laughs> off a horse with an Amazon Prime drone. But, so, Mets under and Nationals over because if you look at the Nationals, they're a team that had everything possible go wrong except for their two bright, shining stars of... Having uh, obviously Bryce Harper swoon, oh man, I love him. Basically, having <laughs> having the best season at that age since Ted Williams or Stan Musial, and then Max Scherzer nearly pitching like four no hit four perfect yeah, games, four perfect yeah. games. Like those guys were incredible. All they need is everyone else to not be a sucking black hole of awful, and it's not that hard to expect Anthony Rendon to not be that terrible or David Murphy coming from the Mets to be. You know, if you get replacement level performances from the rest of the Nationals' lineup and rotation, they're going to be better because they were as bad as could be except for their two stars. And there's every reason to believe Harper is going to continue. Ola, as Dusty Baker, Royce Harper... Royce Harper. ...is going God. to... Uh, is you going to Sandy Baker? Yeah. Sandy Baker. Uh, ...is going to continue down his path. And then, like, you know, if you just have Gio Gonzalez not be as bad as he was, Tanner Rourke has something, and Joe Ross, their rookie last year, has a lot of good stuff, like... It's just let the stars be stars and then let everyone not suck. That's a team that can win that division, I think. I guess my point with it is that if you're making the points about regression with the Mets, you can probably make those same points with Scherzer and Harper. I mean, Harper had this amazing transcendent season. And so it's maybe not as prudent to think that maybe he can reach those heights. He could. But it's, it's it's regression to the mean from both. So it's the te- the Mets were above it. They'll regress back to the mean a little bit, and the Nationals were way below it. They'll regress back up. I guess I'm I guess yeah. I, I'm trying to factor in Harper and Scherzer's regression, and if that's going to be enough to make up for everybody else's or not. And also for the sake of this exercise, 
I think they probably could even just both go over. Like, yeah. I think they. It's presumable that whoever doesn't win the division has a great shot of being one of the wild cards, really. Oh yeah. And yeah. so I think that with that particular division, with the the being so top heavy, and they're just going to beat up on those awful teams, that you could probably they're both at eighty nine and a half. You could probably see them both going over. Really, I mean, if you know, one team winning ninety two and one team winning ninety. And one team winning the division, the next team, yeah. you know, playing in the the stupid wild card game. And so yeah, I, I'm just picturing like 91 Nationals, 88 Mets. Yeah, like that's all I'm imagining. Okay. it's not going to be wild. It's going to yeah. be just not as as great as as Mets fans are anticipating. I guess I think that the Mets had a few holes in the off season that they needed to address, and they did with by getting Cespedes and by improving, and and that that was their big improvement. I think it's reasonable to think that their pitching could maybe, even if it does regress a little bit, it's still going to be pretty darn good. They're going to miss a lot of bats, and even not, they have a lot of depth. I mean, they have Zach Wheeler coming back too, oh, yeah, yeah. who could potentially take Cologne's spot or Steven Matz if he's not ready or for whatever. So I, I, I respectfully disagree. They also have um um they they're going to lead the league in a stat I called floor, which is flowing locks over replacement. Okay. <laughs> because that is just a pitching rotation with beautiful, beautiful flowing hair. Yeah. You have the Cocker Spaniel of Jacob deGrom, and then the Neo Thor of uh, Noah Syndergaard, and then Bartolo. I assume he's going to look good. <laughs> but it's just, just beautiful hair from those guys. That's all I can say. Can we, while we're on the topic of Bartolo Cologne, can we, offic- can we as a gentleman's agreement, agree that Bartolo Cologne should be officially immune to any and all statistical analysis? Like, it's not even fair like I think he transcends stats. Well, did you see that um, that stat? No, it wasn't really a stat, but talking about the hitters that Bartolo Colon has faced and how he fa- he he faced Eddie Murray, who was born in the fifties, and he faced Rugnet Odor, who was born in the late nineties. Like how he's just he's just pitched to all of them and to everybody in between, and so it's an amazing, amazing graph of like all the players that that Colon has pitched to. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. Here's a fun fact right on the heels of that little nugget: uh, Bartolo Colon is the last active player to ever play for the Montreal Expos. Yeah. That's a pretty I mean and how long have they been gone? I mean, Jonah Carey would be very disappointed that we didn't know this off the top of our heads. Yeah. Well, but here's, sorry, actually, here's another sorry, sorry Unky Jonah. I don't know. Cortana won't tell me. Here's actually another fun fact about Bartolo Colon while we're on it. He's actually so old that he is literally several trilobites pretending to be a human stacked up on each other's shoulders in a baseball jersey. That's how old Bartolo Colon is. Wrapped up in a trench coat when he goes to the theater because <laughs> they want they want to get in and see Spotlight. They heard it one best picture and if they can't get in by themselves, and they're just wobbling all over the place. Like one for movie, please. And just sort of, but it's they're not a hand. It's just uh, like one of those little like uh, dinosaur grabbers. <laughs> if Bartolo... Basically, Bartolo Colon is the Oogie Boogie Man from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> if he gets hit by a baseball, like hit by a pitch or something, you just see bugs scatter. Yeah. <laughs> My bugs! My bugs! All right, what's your, what's your next pick, Ryan? All right, my next pick, and uh, I think I may steal this one from you, too. It's the uh, – and I'm going to stick it in a division that I'm very comfortable with, which is the NL West. And I'm going to go uh, 82 and a half wins under with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're also stolen from me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm prepared for that. I, there's nothing – they have the stink of Padres last year on them, I think. Last offseason, the Padres made a bunch of splashy moves. 
that people thought were going to improve their team didn't really because of the problems that they had were not really the problems that they addressed really, which is very strange, but I don't really think they got better. They made their moves to upgrade the rotation, obviously signing Zach Greinke and trading the entire farm system and half their, <laughs> and half their, their wins above replacement to get Shelby Miller. Um, and they signed Tyler Clipper to be in the bullpen, but I don't know if those moves necessarily were talking about regression to the mean if they actually balance out the normal regression of guys like Goldschmidt, AJ Pollock, uh, and David Peralta. Um, I mean, Goldie's still a top three player at any position really in the national league. You can probably say it's probably like Harper, Kershaw and Goldschmidt, maybe. Yeah. Maybe McCutcheon in there. And and Goldie just seems like he's just going to be that guy doing like the 300, 300, like 300, 400, 500 year for the rest of his life. Forever. Yeah. Slash forever. He'll just do that until he dies. But realistically, unless you're, 22-year-old Bryce Harper, it's going to be hard to replicate. He had 8.8 wins above replacement last year, which is amazing. That's, like, very, very top of the all-star list. But where they're really going to get hurt is I think they're going to really regret trading Ender Inciarte in the Miller deal because it's not necessarily that they're losing him, which he was a solid player, three-win guy. Like those, you know, there's not like these guys are growing on trees. You know, three-win players are very, very, you have a very good season. But the guy that they're replacing him with, that's, I think, where the real, you know, where I think the real uh, under is going to take, and that's with Yasmani Tomas, who I talked about last year when I talked about the NL West, is like, ooh, he could be a wild card. We don't know. Who's this guy from Cuba? He's got all this power and everything like that. He had, he had a nice first half, but it was really inflated by a huge BABIP, if I can get technical, mm-hmm. uh, batting average on balls in play, meaning a lot of seeing eye singles, a lot of little ducks floating into the outfield, really. And um, that inflated his numbers. And in the second half, when that normalizes or the pitchers adjusted, he tailed off. And his defense is no great shakes. And now they're going to put him in the corner outfield position and hope that he can make up the difference. Yep, I'm skeptical. In listening to um, or in reading some of the Diamondbacks beat reporters, too, the team seems to be really high on the guy with probably the greatest name in the NL West, if not the whole National League, Socrates Brito. Oh, gosh. Socrates. It's not pronounced Socrates? It is Socrates. Oh. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> Socrates Brito. That's a badass name. Who could also kind of step in and maybe, and he's been hitting well this spring so far, it's early, but he could maybe think about if Tomas struggles off the bat that maybe put him in there, which speaking of, uh, Britos, did you guys, I don't know. Did you follow this today, Jimmy, about Drew McGarry talking about T-Pain like, and how no T-Pain eats his burritos like from the side. He doesn't come in from the front. He tweeted about it. He tweeted about that. He doesn't eat. I don't know. Does he give up when he gets to the end and it falls apart? I think he eats it like a he eats it like a corn on the cob or something like that. He kind of just like takes it from the middle, or maybe he just sort of goes left to right. Well, he eats it like and a, turns it and goes left to right again and left to right again. I don't know. I'm so confused because to my mind, it's just eating it like like uh, okay. If you do it like a corn on the cob, you're spilling ingredients everywhere. But if you do it like a like beaver, right into your face and hands. Yeah, if you do it like a beaver That's where a you're just going through, way to do it. Yeah. like you're missing. Yeah, it, no, I I, or, I have lots of questions. Is his grill? large enough that he actually is eating the entire thing anyway 
maybe he's got like a like a grill he can attach to his other grill that like catches any remnants of burrito that yeah. have fallen out, and then he can like make second burrito actually, with that. I figured it out actually. What T Pain does second harvest of the burrito. <laughs> yes. T Pain takes his top hat and puts it under his chin like a napkin. Yeah, catches all the debris. Yeah. and then just. And just goes his hat and, <laughs> but he has to go shot a and then and drinks, then eat all the stuff. The yeah, of his hat. <laughs> I have to say, I, I envision it more like shotgunning a burrito. Yeah, like once you take that bite into the middle, that's into it. The, into the side part, you're gonna start to get leakage of the contents of the burrito, and at that point, it's yeah. just it's a boat race to the finish line, right? You just have to keep. It just you just suck. The you have to go for it as if you were shotgunning a beer. Because I think that I've had more burritos that have been poorly wrapped than I have have been well wrapped. Because I feel like if it's well wrapped, you can maybe get away with it. Because maybe just a, a, because of the way that it's tucked in there or something like that. But so many times you just get you know people at Chipotle just kind of just kind of half assing it and not really like. And you take one bite even when it's a real bite, a, a, the real way to eat a burrito, real bite. and it just it still explodes on you. So I can't even imagine what it would be like to turn that to the side. We're gonna have, we're gonna have to periscope this or something. No to, we have to test it out. Yeah. I think. No one. Well, let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, th- those Chipotle burritos are rigged to blow. Those like you you may as well just unwrap it and dump it into your plate because you know you're eating it with a fork anyway. That's yeah. There's, there's, the center cannot hold. Everyone becomes every burrito at Chipotle becomes a burrito bowl one way or the other. Whether you order it that way or whether it becomes that. Maybe T Pain is just a pragmatist then. I think oh. he knows where where he knows where it's going. He's just gonna start there. I really was hoping somebody would make a reference to a T Pain song in here, but I just cannot think of any off the top of my head. Because yeah. he only's ever featured in things. I can't ever think of like Oh, he's at, this is this is a T Pain original. It's like no, he's in that Kanye song, and you know, he's in that, you know, he's just in that Lonely Island song, and you know, like I, I know, know he okay. has a, an album that's yeah. like him. No, and here, he here's was featured in his songs. Here's how it goes, guys. He, he T Pain likes to eat a burrito in such a manner where the ingredients get really sloppy and dribble down his face. Yes, T Pain is in love with a dripper. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, man. So Jimmy, I'm, I'm going to need you to knock that mic over, I think. I quit, yeah. I quit the podcast. Airbud, middle inning retriever. <laughs> Air oh, Bud. no. All right, what's your next pick, Matt? You can save us from this. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Or do you want to do it all the time? Maybe. Yeah, all right. Do. Maybe you got me. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with one. And again, I don't, I mean, maybe you guys can help me out with, because I, I really didn't do as much research as far as like, I mean, I kept track of the offseason moves and whatever, but I don't really have a ton to back this up, which is why uh, I can't say enough. Don't take my gambling advice because that's, this is how I actually gamble. This is, this is MTV Cribs inside my gambling uh, method and it's not great. It's just meh, this one. And that's why I, I don't ever win, but using this highly, effective statistical analysis i'm going to take the over on the cleveland indians at eight of 80, 84 and a half wins that is one that i looked at very hard yeah, so same here same here, yeah my friend. so very good explain explain yourself the indians were competitive really late last year like i remember them pl- they played meaningful baseball well into the end of the under the of the year i mean it became pretty clear like, yeah, they had a magic number, and it was like 20, and a lot of things were going to have to break their way for it to happen. So they didn't have any – there was no reasonable expectation of them 
making a run. But there was a lot, I think, that we saw, especially toward the end of the season, to really like coming out of them. And also, the AL Central is a mess. Like, if, if why not the Indians, really? I mean, I don't... I don't think the White Sox are going to have a very good year. Um, I think the Twins are going to have probably Rude. a better year. This is just one. And, of course, obviously the Royals. I mean, of course. Uh, but there's. I don't think there's any reason that a second wildcard team can't come out of the out of the Central. I, I, I Or that a wildcard team can't come out of the Central. I will say this. And, and, Jimmy, I guess I offer this by something approaching way of apology. Uh, they got the clue, but... Yeah, and I know I showed some hate for the Klubot, and it wasn't that I I wasn't hating necessarily. He wasn't my guy when when it came up, but turns out he's really good at, at baseball. No, I love. He's I, very not bad. I love the Klubot. And then I mean, obviously, there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, I mean, I'm always going to be uh, Terry Fran a fan for reasons that should be obvious. We're going to get a whole other year of Carlos Carrasco. Ooh, I'm which excited about is that. Just delicious. The Carrasbot. Is that can yeah. we can we, is that work? I think See, it's, it's, I think it's, it's the it, playful banter that really makes it work, the guys. The Klubot and the Krasborg. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, man. Oh. Damn it, See, Jimmy. See, we're workshopping jokes here, Good folks. job. He's got to eat. Jimmy's on tonight. Is he, he's always like this, though, right? Yeah. I fell in love. Okay, yeah, now, you're, now you're doubling down. That's Matt's nope. job. Nope. <laughs> Everything good you said, you just ruined. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And also, I I'm in love with a Kluber. Ah, there you go. How about... This makes him the second highest paid infielder uh, on the 2016 roster as of right now. A little guy by the name of Juan Uribe. Done. Ooh, Uribe. Juan Uribe is on the Indians? Yeah. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. <laughs> I think Juan Uribe is he's the high, basically Juan Uribe is the Heisenberg uncertainty principle of baseball players, where if you know where he is, you don't know how good he's going to be. But if you don't, like, he just... He's on any team at any given time. Yeah, wasn't he on like five teams last year? I yeah. think at like, one think point or another. Not, he's not Heisenberg. That's a little too precise. He's more the Schrodinger. He's the Schrodinger yeah. baseball player. He is everything and yeah. then is nothing at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. That's a more accurate yeah. description of <laughs> why is he not? Re- he's also retired right now. I guarantee he's in spring training, but he's also sitting at home <laughs> enjoying all the money he's made in his absurd career. You want to talk so, about? Are you, are you suggesting that Juan Uribe exists in like a quantum state? Like he's both. On the Indians and not on the Indians. He's both playing baseball and not playing baseball until you observe him. Yes, that is hmm. that 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 is back to the Heisenberg idea. Guys, look, if you want me to talk about the difference between Heisenberg Uribe <laughs> principle and Schrodinger Uribe principle. Go ahead and tweet us at T that that BB show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a tweet right now. It says stop. Okay. Oh. Whoops. Oh no, the listeners. Oh, you got back. my tweet. Go I mean uh <laughs> So anyways, about uh, Daniel Bryan. Is, uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say, too, because I, I'll move on from this. But uh, this just should jump out to me. Did you know that Jabba Chamberlain is a non-roster invite to spring training for the Indians? I did not know that. And that makes them immensely less likable, I think. Is, is... <laughs> That's true. And it also has his listed weight at 250 pounds. I don't remember Jabba Chamberlain being that heavy. Did That's... he just kind of give up? I think it's in the beard. Didn't he have like a? This... Didn't he have like an epic beard when he pitched for the Tigers in that tire fire of a bullpen they had like two years ago? <laughs> Pretty sure they I, did. I he definitely did on the Yankees. We know this. Yeah, yeah. no, that's for sure. And he kind of let his freak flag fly with Jimmy Leals and the <laughs> the Tigers. He, he, I can't think of a player who's been whose name I've heard more who's been complete. Like he's ne- he's he's a middle relief, like a middle inning pitcher. Yeah, and he's been his entire career. 
and yet I've heard his name more than most players. That could also be the ESPN factor too. I think yeah. they, they 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 talk a lot about the Yankees and they talk a lot about the Red Sox and rightfully so. That's where they're located. But I think because there was there was a couple years ago where it was kind of a Ross Rachel situation where it's like, will he be in the bullpen or will he start? Ooh, maybe they'll try him starting, but maybe they'll start him in the bullpen first to stretch his arm out. He's never used to, and it it just went back and forth forever. And it's like. Who cares? Like, who is this? Nobody cares about this guy. He throws, like, 97. He's got a good slider. That's it. Yeah, and he's always bad. Yeah. He's always, he's always been real bad. <laughs> so I, I feel like I've, I've already said five You've of them. Because exhausted. I've just, I've just agreed with you guys at yeah. this point. Um, here's one. I'm just going to toss it out more because I'm really intrigued by the team. So the Texas Rangers, who won their division last year and also finished 88 and 74, the Bavada says they're an over-under for 84 and a half. They won 88 last year. I can, I mean, once again, I'm just doing this because I got nothing else because all my stuff has been used up. I can see them getting 85 or 86 pretty comfortably. With those two pitchers, with Darvish and Hamels, yeah. that's good. You're probably good for half of that already. Yeah, and I think Derek Holland's going to start coming a little, like, he looked really good a couple years back before he was injured. He feels like a guy who could kind of put it together a little bit. Talk about a stash guy. Yeah. That guy's got, like... Oh, he's got a killer stash. Yeah. And a great, uh, great Peter Gammons impression. Yeah. Like... He's got lots of good impressions. He's what really? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, and it was no, Tim Kirchin and Tim Kirchin. Yeah. yeah, he's got. Yeah. He's oh, okay. Yeah, I knew that. that one. That's yeah. what it was. But but I mean, you look at the lineup. It, I mean, you got Ian Desmond playing left field, which is just bad on all fronts. That's it's weird and bad. But Runet Odor, I mean, Beltre is always solid. Prince Fielder, Shinsu Chu, bunch of guys who had weird injuries. But if you just get a little bit more health out of the main hitters in that lineup, that's a pretty scary lineup. Well, Fielder was good last year. Yeah. Chu, I mean, he's never really going to live up to that massive contract that he got, but he's like a – he'll hit like 280. He'll walk a lot. He'll hit a few dingers. Yeah, I mean, the 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 they have a solid one through nine, especially now with Desmond. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I liked my 80.5 over with the White Sox when I w- sort of thought that they would probably go for Ian Desmond. Yeah. But – um. I mean, he fits right in in this lineup. That's a really, really deep lineup, and they have two of the best ten pitchers in the American League when they're healthy. So, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. They do you think that they're better than the Astros? Do you think that, or do you think they're sort of resigned to like second place? Because I have them starred as in like they're going to have a wild card spot. Yeah, Rangers strike me as a team that's going to make you nervous at the beginning of the season and then do things to start picking it up. They're very similar to the arc of last season, where they're an active team. They like to make moves. They've got a bunch of really good, you know, they've got older trade assets of people who want to do stuff like that. And and Elvis Andrews. And, yeah, and Elvis <laughs> Andrews. You know what? And the also thing is, yeah. the problem is you cannot trade Elvis Andrews away from Adrian Beltre. No, they are magical together. Yeah, they deserve to be together. They deserve to just be entombed with each other with Elvis Andrews' hand on Adrian Beltre's head, <laughs> irritating him for all eternity. Like, I want them together forever. Like, it's just a beautiful couple they are. But yeah, so I, I think I think they're a wild card. I think they're going to go over. It won't be a by a lot, and they'll make me you'll make you nervous if you pick them. But they've got enough stuff that they're going to be kind of a fun, interesting team that people forget about. Stamp it! Stamp it! Well, that's a good point, too, just to put a put my stamp on it, I suppose, well, well, as long as we're stamping. I remember being really shitty to the Rangers this time last year and thinking that they were going to be real bad, and they were for, like, the first month or two, and then, I'm not saying they put it together, but they certainly were decidedly less bad. So, it's not crazy to think that they could continue to build on that. So, I'm with you. It's really weird to think that they won the division. I I, I, I know they they were in the playoffs. That's weird. That, that, I mean, that game... 
five in uh, in Toronto is like you know such a massively wonderful thing that happened. Mm. But it's just Way weird. Nuts. It's just weird to be like, yeah, they were the division winner of the you know, and because they because again, I forgot they played such tight, amazing games with not like tight, but like really like close games yeah. with the angels down the stretch. And like, they were battling, like they, there was a lot of, it came down to the last day. Like if this team wins, this team went and yeah, they just randomly went out, got Cole Hamels and won the division. I, I think that's a good pick. I think that they're probably, I'd say they probably go over also. Yeah. Um, Cause especially in the American league, it's very, the, the American League is a lot more you can sort of paint it with like the everybody can be good and everybody can be bad sort of all at once sort of thing. In the National League, it's really different because in every division, you literally, literally have two teams in each division that are either uh, <clears throat> tanking or um, that's the dirty word that baseball doesn't like to use yeah. or just really not as competitive as maybe you might hope. Yeah. Or the Padres, which are sort of weirdly stuck yeah. in between both. Te- it's basically teams who are tanking and teams who have no idea that they're tanking. Yeah, like and maybe you should be. Yeah, they're clearly tanking. Yeah. You're- Is there even such a thing as tanking in MLB? Have we have we covered this? I feel like it's real hard. Like, it's not- when I say tanking, I mean, like, I guess I can only compare it to, like, the NBA. Yeah. When there is a, a quantifiably good reason to tank. What I feel like with the MLB draft, the amateur draft, it's such a crapshoot. As to who you end up with, is there really a valid reason to do that besides just catching the check and just being really shitty to your fan base? Well, I think part of it is that because they have the whole um, draft slot and you can spend a certain amount of money depending on what slot you are. And so you can offer certain guys different amounts of money. And and so because I think they look at the most recent example, which is clearly the Houston Astros. I mean, they lost a hundred games for three or four years in a row, pretty much burned the whole thing down. And now they're probably a perennial playoff team the next few years. And they, you have to have great scouting. You have to have, there's so many things in place. You're right, Matt. But I think that these teams rightfully or not trust their scouting systems and they trust the decision makers to be like, Hey, if we get a top five pick, we're not going to blow it. We're going to pick our guy at this particular price and, and just go for it. I mean, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it, it, it's it, it's definitely a, it's a much bigger crapshoot because the percentage of guys that get picked in the first round, you know, there's a large percentage that don't even make it to the majors. So there's a, a huge, huge percentage of guys that won't even end up helping your team. Maybe um, we should just call it something else because I think tanking in MLB is like wh- whereas in, in the NBA it's like a causal thing. I think in MLB it's an effect. Because I think, to use the Astros, it was more about, you know, slashing and burning, you know, stocking up their farm system, trading away assets. They ended up losing games as a result, but the idea wasn't to go in to lose games. They just decided they were going to run real tight, basically treat a couple of seasons as prolonged spring training exposition games for the guys who were coming up. But it wasn't, they didn't necessarily set out to to do bad at baseball. Yeah, they, they they didn't intentionally put a terrible product on the field with the intent of getting something or other out so, of it. So what can we call it if it's not tanking? We, ha- I feel like this, this, this solemn duty falls on us. Oh, we have man. to think of another thing. Maybe we could take it to our listeners it's... unless you guys got any good ideas. Are you sure we don't but, have, are but, you sure? Right? It should be, it should be something different. I feel, I don't know. To me, it's kind of a, it's a crappy chicken or crappy egg question. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, 
this is an exercise in complete fruitlessness. There's there's no reason to do this, but that's that's why we're here. Yeah. I just feel like it should be Well, we don't take no reason to not do this for an answer. <laughs> so I am I'm going to put it to your listeners, Ryan and our listeners. We okay. we got to fix this. We got to think of a because it is a, absolutely the Astros have proved this is a deliberate thing that you could do that will quantifiably and demonstrably make your team better. But it isn't about yeah. going out and playing bad baseball, losing games. Here's some motiv- that's not that's not the ends that's the means here's the most motivation for you guys if you don't come up with a better term for tanking heretofore jimmy being me she'll now refer to the object of tanking as eating the burrito sideways so i will say things like the phillies have really been eating that burrito sideways this year knowing that they have to clear off some of ruben amaro's terrible decisions let me let me let me show you what i let me show you what i let me show you what i was googling everyone delete your tweets that's it we 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 found it out I was. This is what I was googling while you were doing that to try to find a T Pain song that we could tie into tanking. I'm just letting you guys take it, and I'm going. Oh my god, I don't recognize any of these T Pain songs. Buy you a drink is the only one I recognize. Oh man, bartender with the bar. Bartender. Yeah. I'm gonna buy oh, you geez. a drink. Yeah. Henceforth, I will always refer to intentionally doing a bad job as eating the burrito. Eating sideways. the burrito sideways. Done. It makes perfect Sold. sense. Stamp it. <laughs> Oh, they have lyrics on this website? All right, anyway. That's my third pick. Okay. I'm taking the over on calling tanking even the burrito <laughs> sideways at $1 billion. I think it's fair. I think I think we've got – are there any other picks we're dying to get out there? I feel like we've done pretty good with our over-unders. I have one more one that more I'd for like Ryan. to talk good. about. It's... And I've got another dart throw. I won't spend a ton of time on okay. it. So go ahead, Ryan. All right, well, I'm going to go into my Chris Russo voice again, everybody, and pick – this is going to be the best one here. Over 89 and a half wins for the San Francisco Giants. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah but, that was inevitable. Yeah, it's a total homer pick. He's wearing a Giants shirt right admittedly, now. Admittedly, admittedly, but I will give you baseball reasons why. So oh, there's t- tons. And I there's have, tons. Don't make me do it. I'm going to choose. <laughs> I su- I agree and support it, but don't make me, Ryan. <laughs> it's reasonable to accept regression. We have Joe Panic, Matt Duffy, Brandon Crawford. Okay, they were amazing. Duffy came out of nowhere and sort of took. You know, at least, I mean, he's finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting. Mm. Factor in a little bit of that, but the lost value you have is gobbled up by the presumed value of a healthy Hunter Pence in right field. Hello. Hunter Pence, a uh, sentient scarecrow brought to life. He was on Fuller House. Did you know that? What? Yeah. Yeah. What was he doing? There was a whole episode devoted. I didn't watch it. I only read about it. This is a truth. It's not like, you know, I, I really only read about it. I I only I only watched it for the articles. <laughs> I was judging yeah. for watching Fuller House. Um, cool. Wait, were you masturbating to Fuller House? No, I wasn't. Not that time. Um, <laughs> the episode factor it basically revolves around Hunter Pence going into a slump because he's dating Stephanie Tanner. So he somehow meets Stephanie Tanner. They start dating. He goes into a prolonged slump, and the whole town starts calling her the Jinx. Like, all of San Francisco starts calling her the Jinx. And it I don't remember the middle bits, but Hunter Pence is prominently featured. And at the end of it, he hits a walk-off grand slam, the opposite field, off of Clayton Kershaw, who he is 5 for 56 against in his entire career with zero home runs. And he hits one to right field, the opposite way. And that is 
hard to do. We're really going for the Fuller House writers, aren't we? Good lord. <laughs> so they were giving Stephanie Tanner the full Rihanna treatment. Yeah. Um, like Matt Kemp in Los Angeles. Like she's the reason. Wow. All right. Yeah. So that was that because Hunter Pence is like he's just like the guy now. I mean, he he's everywhere. He's on he's going to have his own show with his fiance. His fiance is like really into online media and she's very has this big presence on YouTube and and so he just kind of follows along and just sort of is in these weird videos. He's going to have it like some radio talk show with Andy Cohen, uh, like the, the guy from Watch What Happens on Bravo I, or something. What? It's it's yeah, it's something really weird. I just read about it the other day. This is all real life. It's, this is true. Part of the oh plot. no, no. Okay. The, the, yeah, we're now in real life. I'm now. still, and this is you know I, I'm probably going to get some blowback from you on this, Ryan. I'm still not convinced. I've never heard him say words. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's definitely spoke. Come on, that's like his big thing is that he makes these big speeches and then oh he ra- you know he, he's like very rah rah and he gets the team like jazzed. You know like when he came over in 2012, yeah. his whole big thing was that he'd only been with the team for a couple of months and they were down to nothing to Cincinnati going into Cincinnati and they won game 3 and then before game 4 he was like, "I just want one more day in the sun with you guys. I love playing with you guys. We can totally do this." And then he and then in 2014 he had the yes yes yes. Yeah, that was like the whole I thing. Guess that's so true. Yeah, my brain... Is it possible? Well, hold on. Are you hold like on. a pet owner that thinks that your dog is a person when it comes to hunter pets? Who are you talking to? You. <laughs> Me. I'm talking you. to you. No. I mean, well, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you're the kind of person who would dress your dog up. And treat him like a human being. Have you seen my dog's Instagram? Have you seen it? (laughs) Yeah. No, I love Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence is... I do, too. He's been great. He's He's man's best friend. He is. Literally. He's just a stray that the San Francisco Giants found, groomed a little bit, and taught him to play baseball. He's just so happy not to be on the street anymore. He really does look like he's an alien from... Came from, like, the planet baseball and (laughs) came down to just honestly do this thing and... From the baseball planet. Yeah. And he's just put on this planet to, to play the game of that planet i guess yeah i don't know oh i, I maintain he's, he's like he's a he's a he's a stray dog he's mm-hmm. a scarecrow that's come to life he is one he's like a, a like a child sketch drawing of a human being that somehow got turned by a wizard into a human <laughs> yes. being and it kept all the same dimensions yeah and the limbs. eyes are like a lot bigger than the fit than they should be on yeah. the face and the hair is like oh no he actually like it looks like bart simpson hair he's the human equivalent of a 14 year old's mustache so, so he's basically mm. the sheriff from Squidbillies, is what you're telling me, <laughs> is Hunter Pence. Yes, he's, he's a lot of things. I have other baseball reasons why. I want to get through them. Okay. Listen. You probably should. They had two needs going into the offseason. Pitching help behind Bumgarner and outfield help. And they basically fixed all of that, presumably. Spent a bunch of money. So if Bumgarner's Bumgarner, which no reason to think he won't be, yeah, you know, 18-game 18, 18 winner, you know, 3.5 ERA, whatever. They signed Johnny Cueto. They signed Jeff Samarja. I think it's reasonable to project if Cueto is like 75 to 80% of what he was in 2014, I don't think he's going to be – he's not nearly and, and not nearly as bad as he was at the end of last year. I don't think he'll be as good as he was when he was finished second in the Cy Young Award. And same thing with Samarja. If he's like halfway between his really good year in 2014 and his really bad year in 2015, I think right there those three pitchers – they have a chance to win 90 games. It's the deepest lineup they've had in the pretty much in the AT&T Park era. Everybody's young and cheap and and they can afford to spend money on these guys because this this infield was so young. I don't want to do this. Why not? Embrace it. Do it, but okay, I have two other reasons why Ryan's probably right. I don't want to 
doing? <laughs> One, so the regression candidates, as you mentioned, Joe Panic, Matt Duffy, and Crawford, and Brandon Crawford. Crawford and Panic showed the kind of skills that are relatively sustainable. Panic has a really high contact rate, and 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 Crawford had taken little steps up every time. It wasn't a wild success over it wasn't anything that he hasn't shown before he just did it more consistently duffy's gonna regress yeah <laughs> yeah he was worth five wins last year if, coming out of nowhere yeah like i think his ops in college with a metal bat was like 520 yeah <laughs> his ops was like seven or eight last year so yeah, Duff, yeah. duffy's regressing that's yeah. fine but you, you've got belt who's doing his thing buster posey mm-hmm. um and if hunter pence stays healthy he he's good as yeah. well denard span too oh yeah denard span like yeah. and you need him to stay healthy exactly as well. yeah that, that the, the outfield is where the most risk is placed and then the final thing is the rotation is going to be good, but they're going to be better than people are expecting because the Giants' defense is really, really good. They're they're a great high-contact team, great offensive team, but a really good defensive team as well. And, for example, Samarja is going from one of the worst defensive teams to one of the best. That's going to make a huge difference on his on his counting stats. Uh, same thing with Cueto, although his team, although the Royals weren't that bad defensively. No. But they're going to a team that is such a pitcher-friendly ballpark. That's what you need. And then, then you just have, like, Jake Peavy and Matt Cain and Heston. I'm going to call him Charles Heston. My, <laughs> From my cold, dead hands. My God. It's a pitch. Uh, <laughs> they blew it up. <laughs> Soylent green. Classic Charles Heston quote. There's just, it's, they've got depth. They can withstand some injuries. And they've got a good complementary team. They've got... Pitchers who are going to be well defended they've and, and, and have all good, solid stuff. And they've got a lineup that's going to just wear other opposing pitchers out. There. It's almost like they know what they're doing. It's I, weird. It's almost like they yeah. know their team and their ballpark it's, it's and like, the needs like, and e- stuff. It's even, weird. Even your magic isn't a thing. It's just a good team that constantly has chances because they do it well. And I yeah. <laughs> no, Charlton Heston's my president. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> What's your dart throw before I throw a dart? At, at me the speaker do yeah no uh, no i'm inclined to agree and i'm terrified of the 2016 giants and that is in no small part owing to the fact that we are actually going to san francisco opening weekend we're going to watch the last game of the giants dodgers series in san francisco oh really yeah oh, I'm really excited. how fun that'd be so yeah. much so much fun i'm so happy for you those tickets were not cheap and they're real bad i will tell you that have you ever been there no, I can't. Oh, my, my loving, beautiful girlfriend is, has been good enough to go with me to the Bay Area to visit a good friend of ours and also to go to the Oakland Coliseum Ooh. and to the Giants Park because I'm trying to, ch- you know, in the interest of checking off all the ballparks mm-hmm. in the country off my list. And I haven't gotten the Bay Area yet. So she's coming with me. That's nice of her. She's real nice. She's pretty great. So, and speaking, actually, of the Bay Area, I'm going to throw some fake money down on the other Bay Area team. There's no other Bay Area team. Well, it's the area. The Oakland Athletics. (laughs) Really? I'm going to take the over, yes, sir, on the Oakland Athletics. Interesting. At at 79 and 83 is their projected finish, according to fan graphs. Bovada has the over-under at 75 and a half. There's this. This is a team that can finish 500. They totally can. I don't think they're going to do much better than that. This is a team that can win 80 games. There's no way they can't. Well, there's tons of ways. That I would they say can. Billy but Butler this, is prominently involved. For purposes involved. of this argument, I'm going to say there's no way they can. This is this is not to defend you or anything. It's just make an observation I've never been able to make on air yet about the Oakland Athletics. 
I love that they have Billy Burns at leadoff and then Billy Butler. And if you look really closely, Billy Butler looks like B8 Billy Burns. <laughs> like, I just love the symmetry of it where they look like the same guy except one having devoured the other. And they were brought in by Billy Bean. Bean. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's some fun aspects to it. Yeah, I think the A's, they're... I feel like this is just their wheelhouse for A's fans, for the team itself. Is like, hey, here's a bunch of young players that you've never really heard of before, but we think really highly of on the inside. That Josh Reddick is a superstar. How dare you? Josh Reddick is a beautiful thing who will probably get traded at the trade deadline. He's um, a beautiful man, and he is my brand new first ballot Hall of Famer that I wish was my dad. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna do much, but they gotta quirky lineup well here's the thing chris davis jed lowry yonder alonzo danny valencia yonder alonzo is still in the league i guess yeah yeah if by still in the league you mean in oakland yep that's i mean that's it's a weird lineup it's just well there's no real glaring there's there's not a really true standout hitter in there but there really isn't any glaring black holes either i mean you don't feel great about billy butler projected to bat seventh as the dh that's it's not my lineup but it's not my lineup uh, hashtag not, not, my, yeah. hashtag not all lineups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. yep. The A's ranked ninth in the AL in runs scored last year. They went 19 and 35 of one run games, which oh, leads me, both of those stats combined lead me to believe that they just had not great luck. I don't think their ceiling on luck or being good is especially high, but I think it's like the floor is going to be a lot higher this year. I mean, we're going to talk regression and whatnot. Yeah. I think they're just going to have better luck. Yeah, and I think they're going to have. I don't think it's crazy to think they're going to have enough luck to finish the season right around five hundred. What was it? Seventy-five and a half is too low. I will take the over on that. For for a while last year, they had like they were like eight games under the projected their Pythagorean theorem of what they would be expected. Wow, eight, yeah, yeah. They like it was crazy because they had so many more runs than they gave up, which is usually a sign of success. But nope, it's because of all those run run games. So I can see your reasoning. It's just hard to pick. Yeah, it's just. It's weird. They're a weird. I'm not team. crazy about it. Oh, that's I'm... why I didn't pick the Tampa Bay Rays because I just hate the idea of money and my money being anywhere close to the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't care how solid of a lock it is or how inefficient the line is. I don't like the idea of putting money on them or betting on them one way or the other. I hate it. <laughs> well, why don't we just why don't we talk about the AL West really quick? And we can run down where we think you know if Matt if you think that they're going to finish at 81 and 81 or whatever you have it at, maybe put your money where your mouth is and tell me whether you think they're going to finish in the division along with all the other teams in the division. Um, do I have to? Or we, He is <laughs> trying to segue to our division picks, Matt. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Okay, then. so we'll start with AOS. For yeah, AOS. I have picks. number one, Houston. Number two, Texas. Number three, Seattle. Four, the A's, and five, the sorry-ass Angels. Oh, my God. <laughs> you and I have the exact same picks. Really? Yeah, All right. I thought I was being super brave by putting the Angels last. No, the Angels are terrible, and I really I, – I, I had them bolded in my notes as in, like, keep an eye and, like, do research on them and look at it. And I just I, – I think they're – their numbers all crazy out and then well basically i got scared off because mike trout is amazing and i feel like could single-handedly win 80 games on his own pretty yeah. much but they are a team of like weird pitchers and a bunch of injury you know injured players and 
and uh, they're just trotting out. You were talking about platoons with the Rays. They're yeah. trotting out uh, Craig Gentry and Daniel Nava as a they're, platoon in yeah. uh, right field. Anti-platoons, And basically. they just think, yeah. This, bad. doesn't matter who's pitching against them. They'll be bad. This is good. What do you have against Daniel Nava? The fact that he doesn't hit for power at all and just... It, Okay, was he a member of the 2013 yes, Red he was. Sox? Damn it. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. I yeah. actually think the Texas is probably going to be one of the wild cards as well. I know yeah. we didn't say it, but I, that's just what I think. No, I have, the, I have the exact same thing. Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Athletics, and then Angels. And just because, like, same thing with the Angels. It just, what, what, they have what? trout. <laughs> what do they do good besides that? Yeah. I mean, there's no way Pujols is... Pujols managed to hit, like, what, 40 home runs, 50 home runs, and still be not that great. Yeah. And he's not going to be better this well, year. Well, and he's not – he's probably going to be out for the first, they think, maybe month of the season, yeah. too. Yeah, and Cole so. Calhoun's going to drop back to earth a little bit. Like, great. You have – oh, good. You solved your problem with Andrelton Simmons. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, at least people can't get through the shortstop if they hit the ball that way. <laughs> he's not getting on base, but, boys. But they – but the, to make those deals too, I mean, it's they have they're sort of in the worst area where it's like we don't have any money to spend because we're still paying Josh Hamilton, you know, twenty million dollars a year to play for a, a division rival and to hit a walk off against you in the regular yes. season. So beautiful. And we also just gutted our farm system to trade for Angelton Simmons, a guy whose all of his value is tied up in his defensive value. And so we don't have anybody coming down the pipe. We can't buy players, and we can't bring up young players. Oh, but we have Mike Trout, and we're and so that was the only thing that might have scared me off. But no, I th- I think they'll probably finish in last. Yeah. What do you got, Matt? Uh, just real quick, because I know we're running long. Uh, I have no real beef with that. I'm going to go Houston, uh, Texas Rangers, Oakland, Seattle Angels. All right. I like it. AL Central, Royals, Indians, White Sox. Detroit and Minnesota. Those are my five in order, subject to change or not. I don't know. I like it, except I'm going to put Detroit dead last. Really? I'm going to flip four and five. Otherwise, that's pretty much mine, too. Okay. I'm going to take a risk. Okay. He's risking it. I'm going to take a risk. Let's go Indians, Royals, White Sox, Tigers, Twins. I'm going to give it to the Indians. Okay. So you're just flipping it. Yeah. You believe in the clue bot and the caress bot. Crass Borg. No, Borg, I, I think was a nomenclature. Uh, All right, AL East, your 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 cup of tea there, Matt. What do you got? Uh, can I pass? <laughs> we I all want to pass. It's the worst <laughs> because every team is like kind of okay, and you can look at any. You can poke holes in pretty much every single team from top to bottom. Um, I was talking about this with my wife beforehand because I figure I have just no clue who the top two teams are going to be, or really the bottom three for that matter. So I went. Uh, which is everybody. That's which it. is, yeah. No clue who anybody's going to be. That's, I, there's no other teams besides the top two and the bottom three. That's it. Well, I just know for sure the Orioles are going to finish last. I know that. Yeah. I, I I can probably safely do that. But then I had uh, I had the, the Ray Liotas and then the Jay Baruchels as the one and two. And then the Yankees. And then, I'm sorry, the Red Sox finishing fourth and the Orioles fifth. I've got, yeah, I've got, okay, I've got. I've got <laughs> okay. This is tough. Yeah. All right, we're starting uh, the engine now. Here we go. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I'll stick. I'll go Jays first. Rays wild card. Red Sox, Yankees, Orioles is my pick. Sack up, man. You got to do it. That's not here, man. You know you you know you want a big part of that Hanley Pablo combo, baby. Hey, Hanley has been playing very well in spring training. All the, right. The David Ortiz uh, farewell tour. It's got to buy him some goodwill, right? Look, all right, I know this isn't, okay, 
I'm going to take Toronto winning the division. Oh, come on! Uh, I'm going to take Boston coming in second. There you go. Contending for a wild card. I think they had a lot of things go wrong last year that I have to believe, I have to believe as a fan will get better because I'll drive myself crazy otherwise. Then I'm going to go Rays, Yankees, Orioles. So we all agree the Orioles are, la- are in last. See, there's some consistency. That's it. All At right. we got that. Probably. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll jump to the uh, NLEs. So we talked about this a little bit. Um, Jimmy, why don't you start us off there? Okay. I'm going to go Nationals, Mets, Marlins, Phillies, then Braves. Ooh, that's very noble of you. Phillies? What exact color of poop do you want to paint the garage? <laughs> I know. With pretty... the Braves and the, and the Phillies. You know, I just got, Phillies got a lot of, they've got some really good young players. Mm-hmm. They've got a really highly touted list of prospects. I feel like a couple are going to come in near the end of the year and they'll finish strong and still win like 65 games or whatever. But which is, <laughs> which is funny because I have that exact same argument, but for the Braves. So oh. I, have the, I have the Mets, <laughs> the Nationals, the Marlins, the Braves, and then the Phillies. I think the Braves, they just they – just, any, anytime they feel like their prospect pool is getting shallow, they just call Dave Stewart and the Diamondbacks. And they're like, all right, let's do this. What do you want to do? Cause, Go- Goldschmidt, are you sure? Okay, Gold- okay. sure. All right, fine. Um, and uh, – so I think that that the same the same reason I think that their farm system is loaded and I think that they're going to bring up some of those guys yeah. in September and, Bo- and both and, have really loaded. Farm yeah, no, you're right. Them. So it could very well be flipped in the next like five years. I think to be contrary, for no other reason, I'm going to take Nats. I want to take the Marlins, then the Ooh, Mets. Oof, why are you really going Atlanta, under on that? Oof. Someone's a Christian yellow the bottom fan. of all of baseball is the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> so the uh, NL Central. I've got the Cubs finishing first. I have the Pirates. I have them starred. And in parentheses, I have LOL because I feel so bad for the Pirates fans. Um, The Cardinals third, the Reds fourth, and the Brewers fifth. Uh, I think the Brewers are almost as bad as the Phillies, if not just as, just right about, just about right there. I got Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates, because it's going to be those three in some order. Mm -hmm. Um, The Pirates are making me sad because I feel like the window is going to be closing sooner rather than later. And the stupid, the fact. stupid wild card games where they just, ah, oh, I hate it. But they won one of them. I know <laughs> they won the first one. They shouldn't. It's just, it's a bad system. And then, and then, and then, Reds Brewers. That's essentially my lookout, my outlook too. Why the, why the hate relative to the rest of everybody? Why the hate for St. Louis, Ryan? Really quickly. I think that they. You're talking about a team that way overperformed last year. Their offense was pitiful, and they, their pitching put together some of the luckiest outings in at baseball history like their strand rate for runners was higher than it's than any other team in baseball by far and one of the highest in baseball history they let a lot of guys get on base and they just had a weird high wire way and maybe there's a skill in that that we can't quantify but yeah. i think that i don't like their offense i especially don't like it now that jason hayward's not there and he wasn't even any big shakes to begin with and they just lost johnny peralta for three months oh yeah that's a good point and so there's a part of me that's really scared of the cardinals devil magic that's oh this was bring up steven piscotti and colton wong and just you know bring up these really good players that they're yeah. just randomly just R- kicking around the rejects. minors that's yeah. a silly name can't be good oh, oh, come on yeah yeah like a hockey player so do you guys real quick do you think they trade for a shortstop no no even even with Peralta on the shelf for three months, I think they probably whether we, I don't follow the the Cardinals farm system, but they probably have somebody that they're high on. Yeah, and if they did, I think it would be somebody. I think it would probably maybe be one of the guys, the odd man out in Arizona, because they have like four guys for three positions. 
like maybe mm. Nick Ahmed or Chris Owings or whoever. Yeah. Wh- whoever doesn't win that battle to, for the middle infield, the, the Cardinals may end up trading for, but I don't think they will, though. I think you just listed a couple of Diamondbacks. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, but I'm saying the Cardinals, I think, will. Oh, we'll go for them. Yeah, so I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then the West. Um, the NL West, I have Los Gigantes finishing first. The Dodgers is the wild card. Arizona third, San Diego fourth, Colorado fifth. Oh, man. LOL. Sorry. Okay, so here. <laughs> I have no argument with that. I'm signed on Ryan's. That's mine exactly. You know what, guys? It's the end of the podcast or close to it, so I'm taking a big old risk. Are people still listening? I, is, yeah. is that the time to do this? Hey, guys, I've made it this far without complaining about my hometown team, <laughs> no. so now's the time. Oh, God. We could put our bank account information on this podcast right now, and it would be 100% safe, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I'm choosing the Giants, Dodgers, Lead sweep! Diamondbacks. Colorado Rockies with an unexpected, shocking the world fourth place finish in the NL West, followed by the San Diego Padres. John Gray pitching you to fourth place. Yes. He's going to be good. Okay, so those are our picks, guys. Once again, always the warning that choosing a Jimmy-stamped, Ryan-stamped, Matt-certified gambling pick is equivalent to going as deep into the Marianas Trench as you can and dropping a safe deposit box and letting it go deep into the dark depths of the ocean where you'll never hear from it again. Wow. That is what taking our gambling advice is like. So, for entertainment purposes only. You know, if you're expecting to be entertained by us, (laughs) you're lost. I think the purpose is lost on them, really, frankly. It's going to be a fun baseball season. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun stuff planned. For the baseball season, how? Oh man! How can people get in touch with your show, and how can people connect to it? Oh. My gosh, I wish there was a way to do it these days. Well, Ryan, there's a couple different ways. One, if you want to listen to us, you mm. can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you want to follow us on the old Twitter, you can follow us Twitter handle at that BB Show. That BB Show. Yes. Except and Jason. thank you again to Ben Cook for the tweet, and then we had another uh, another guy. Uh, we got a tweet from uh, at 1983 underscore Joe. Thank you, Joe, for the kind words. We do appreciate you taking notice of us. We are also facebook.com forward slash that baseball show. Go ahead and follow the page if you want to keep track of you know, we do news updates and everything as well throughout the week. We post the pods on there. You should really subscribe, iTunes or Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are downloaded. Lots of movement on the last pod. Thank you so much to uh, Jason Haskins, Anthony Jackson, Robert Peterson, Giovanni Rivera, Hassan Hassan, Langdon Sean, Dylan Brown, Annette Ricky, Lyman Victor, Nelda Sheldon, Imelda Montenegro, you got a dope name also, Kylie Johnson, Kim Trainer, Carol Schrivener, Tasha Watson. Thank you so much for the likes. Thanks so much for the follows. Thanks for the listens. You guys are awesome. If I may, while we're talking about stuff, these, this, this just went official. We posted the information on the Facebook page. We've been teasing it for a while, but we have an official date for the first ever That Baseball Show live podcast recording happening in beautiful downtown Boise, Idaho, March 25th, 2016, as part of the Tree Fort Music Festival in, with their Story Fort branch of the Tree Fort Music Festival. Uh, Rediscovered Books, downtown Boise, Idaho. March 25th at 5 p.m. It's a free show. We're going to drag Cody Fitch, the Once and Future podcast host, out of retirement for one last job. He's going to help me host special guests with us, Tree Fort Music Festival artists. The Knits will be live with us. We'll be talking to them about their album, about the Mets. Justin, I know, is a big Mets fan. He took a big crushing blow last year. We can't wait. It's our first ever live show, and we want you guys to come check it out. All the details are on Facebook. We'll be sharing that event page. Cool wide a bit. We can't wait to see you there. Come say hi. That's my birthday, too. So come come hang out with me on my birthday and listen to us talk about, I don't know, 
books. Hey, I've heard that uh, you guys, if you guys need a third guest, I, I think uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo is available to uh, to be on, <laughs> he, on the right podcast. Now? Yeah, he actually he left a message on Ryan's phone. Would you like to hear it? Oh yeah, that'd be really great. I feel like I feel like the actor studio. May I talk to Chris Russo? Is he there? Let me speak to him. Let me tell you, I love Boise. Boise's the best place in the Northeast. It's the best place. It's better than Seattle. It's got a better downtown. I got to sound like Bernie Sanders, actually. It's not even. Let me tell you, one time, yeah. one time, Pocatello, Idaho, that was on the great food truck race. Baseball health care. <laughs> Do you want we are we are veering very much I'm my face is so red right now. Um <laughs> We're taking baseball away from the billionaires. I had it I had it at the beginning and I lost yeah. it. I shouldn't have. It's it's my it's, it's not that much better than my Adam Sandler yeah. impression either. Why why is it fair that the Yankees Get the payroll? I don't know. I got uh, yeah, we got nothing. We're sorry everyone. All right. I voted against bailing out the big baseball industries <laughs> and the 1994 strike. Oh God! <laughs> well, if you, I, I don't have anything quite that fancy lined up quite yet. Uh, I hope to someday. But um, you can find McCarran Podcast Network on the Facebook as well, and you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Beyond Pod. Anywhere you can get podcasts, download podcasts. Um, we also have an email address. Maybe I'll have to get a Twitter. I'll probably have to get one out there. It's uh, McCarranPod at Gmail dot com. M C E A C H E R N pod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with our show so this has been a lot of fun guys we should we should definitely do this again we yeah. should yeah we totally should get in touch with his show it's awesome because we're going to stick this in on the end of ours i would like to thank the nits for the use of their song get up get out off the ep simple folk you guys are dope we can't wait to party with you at tree fort they've got a bunch of shows coming up in the southern california area too there's one for, on saint patrick's day you can get all the information at facebook.com forward slash the nits or at nitsmusic.com and definitely check out the ep because it's dope so i guess with that jimmy you got anything else to add you know i think uh guys it's been a good podcast but i just gotta put the old stamp on it <laughs> Stamp explode. Not, Why is there an eagle involved? Uh, <laughs> so many sound effects. All right, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Enjoy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. For Ryan McGeehan and Jimmy Bowman, I'm Matt Melton. This has been. Uh, I don't Super know. Tramp. How about that? Uh, how about? This is an audio slave slash that baseball slow slash the McGeehan podcast. Network. Remember, about... some people just want to watch the word bunt. <laughs>